With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Tonight on Dr. Anonymous Show 146, the subtitle for this show should be a Random Thoughts because uh, that's, all what I, that's all I have for you tonight, people. <laughs> I'll talk about the distinction that blogger.com bestowed upon my blog this week. I'll also share some thoughts about the Olympics which started last night in Vancouver. And, oh, yeah, it's Valentine's Day tomorrow. I know it's felt like a year since the Super Bowl, but it was only six days ago. We'll be uh, beginning the show here tonight uh, with uh, the song of the commercial, (laughs) which I found to be my favorite commercial. You know what that is. <laughs> the Dr. Anonymous show starts right now. I wear no pants. I wear no pants. I wear no pants. Perhaps you like a chance. Perhaps you'd like a chance, perhaps you'd like a chance to stop and have a glance, for I wear no pants, I wear no pants. Non porto pantaloni, non porto pantaloni, non porto, 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 porto pantaloni. Guardi i miei balloni, guardi i miei balloni. Guardi i miei balloni, non è i macaroni, non porto pantaloni, non porto pantaloni. Ich trage keine Hosen, ich trage keine Hosen, ich trage, ich trage, ich trage, 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 an meinem großen Trick, für ich trage keine Hosen. Ich trage keine Hosen. I wear no pants, I wear no pants. I wear no, I wear no, I wear no, wear no, wear no pants. Mark well upon my lance, mark well upon my lance, mark well upon my lance. It bounces whilst I dance, for I wear no pants. I wear no pants. Yeah, that's Oh my God, that show is so great. Can we have a pretty involved Bringing you the best that medicine and social media has to offer. This is the Dr. Anonymous Show live on the Blog Talk Radio Network on a Saturday night. 
I'm, of course, your favorite physician host. My name is Mike, but my friends, like all of you out there who are snuggling, <laughs> you call me Dr. A, and you can always find me at DrAnonymous.com. That brings you uh, to the website. That brings you the most uh, up-to-date show schedule. Also, some uh, blog posts. I've been slowing down on the blog post. I have to get back on that. And uh, also, some uh, TV interviews that I've done over the past few months. I'm very, uh, very proud of that. You can also go to dranonymous.net, which brings you to my Facebook fan page. Shout out to all 167 Facebook fans. I very much appreciate it. It also brings you some exclusive behind the scenes video of me doing this show. And uh, you can also go to dranonymous.org. That brings you access to all 146 shows, including this one. You can also leave a comment over there. And uh, you can also listen in real time to this show on your iPhone or BlackBerry. I know you're out there. Thank you very much for listening to the show. Today is Saturday, February 13, MMX. Yes, that's right. I'm still saying MMX, 2010, 2010, whatever. It is 9 p.m. Eastern time uh, and temperature of broadcast time here at Dr. Anonymous World Headquarters is 13 degrees Fahrenheit. And I have a disclaimer here right at the top of the show. I am not feeling the best right now, and I am hoping that my voice holds up for the show here, so bear with me. We'll be talking about the uh, cool thing that happened to my blog earlier here this week, and we'll also be talking about the Olympics that just started last night in Vancouver, B.C., <laughs> what they call British Columbia, in Canada. This week I'm not uh, blaming Canada, but usually I do. Uh, and also, tomorrow being Valentine's Day, that's right, very excited about that. But first, I would like to thank Blog Talk Radio for featuring the show again here this evening. For those of you who are new to the show, listening live or on the archives, welcome. I have been a social media hobbyist since 2005 or 2005, <laughs> uh, or uh, what's that, MMV. And if you're curious, yes, I am a real doctor. I'm a family physician in full-time private practice here in beautiful northeastern Ohio. Uh, if you're listening live, you can uh, see the, uh, my smiling face on the uh, webcam here this evening. Uh, and I want to give a big shout-out to the people in my chat room here. So we have Girl007, we have J-Man, we have Kimmy, we have The Burl. Welcome to all of you here this evening, and I think I will take my first break here as soon as I find the song here to go to the break. You're listening to the Dr. Anonymous Show, a proud member of the Better Health Network. You can get there by going to getbetterhealth.com, and also a proud member of the ProMed Network of Podcasts. You can go there by going to promednetwork.com, and we'll be right back. Doctor, doctor, give me the news. 
That's right. Slowing your blood pressure one point at a time. This is the Dr. Anonymous Show live on a Saturday night on the Blog Talk Radio Network. So let's, uh, yeah, let's talk about this thing here. I, I touched on it a little bit uh, on show 145, but I was pleasantly surprised uh, on Thursday this week. Uh, that uh, blogger, blogger.com, of course, is a part of Google. That means Google unknowingly named the Dr. Anonymous blog the blog of the day for February 11, MMX. And that, in my opinion, kids, that is the Google buzz for me this week. Forget that other Google buzz, if you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I first became aware of uh, the uh, blog of note. That's the official terminology according to Google slash blogger.com. I first became aware of this at around 3 p.m. local time when I started getting a huge, huge amount of hits on the blog. And I knew it was nothing that I wrote. Let's spike that. <laughs> Uh, one hour, I got 80 hits when it was first announced, which I have never gotten 80 hits uh, ever since I posted that picture. Oh, no, I don't talk about that anymore. That was back in the day. <laughs> uh, and uh, that uh, continued for the next 24 hours, maybe not up to 80, but uh, a lot, a lot more than usual, easily doubled, uh, tripled, maybe even quadrupled uh, the number of hits I've had uh, per day uh, in a long time. So I have no idea who over there at Google slash blogger.com was responsible for that, but I very much thank you for that and uh, very, very cool and uh, very proud of that. And uh, you know, I'm not somebody that's uh, gratuitously – promotes myself, <laughs> uh, but I will take that occasion right now since I don't do that a lot. I mean, uh, if you haven't been over to DrAnonymous.com in a while, uh, you'll see over there in the sidebar uh, that uh, I've been recognized by some other uh, other entities out there, uh, including the American College of Physicians. Really, I'm not kidding. Their online publication did a story on me and my blog, I think it was about a year ago. And also the online sites of the Cleveland Plain Dealer and the uh, Seattle PI, Seattle Post Intelligencer, um, highlighted my blog when it first uh, came online here in 2006. So very much appreciate that. And uh, also I had a, a small little mention over on uh, FoxNews.com and also our friends over at BetterHelp uh, and even iTunes uh, had uh, had this show on their kind of preferred page, even if it was just for two weeks. <laughs> so uh, so I'm, uh, very, very, uh, very proud of that and uh, very cool uh, that uh, that happened. And I'm still getting uh, some hits from that uh, uh, Google slash blogger.com recognition earlier this week and very much uh, appreciate that. Let's uh, switch gears here to this. 
Yes, that's right. Uh, the Vancouver Olympics started uh, last night, the Winter Olympics. Um, I wasn't feeling very good last night, so I went to bed early uh, and uh, got up this morning and went to the uh, NBC Olympics site, was able to uh, check out the opening ceremonies over there. I didn't know that uh, the opening ceremonies were indoors. Indoors? Come on, kids. It's the Winter Olympics. <laughs> but I'm making a bold prediction right now here, kids, that from this day forward, from these Olympics forward, all opening ceremonies will be indoors. I'm just saying because, you know, they just want ultimate control of the entire type of thing. They don't want anything like weather to uh, interrupt, you know, their uh, presentation to the world. Now, was it just me, or, or, or were all the people who were singing, they were all lip-syncing? I don't know. Maybe that was just me, but that's what it seemed like to me. Maybe I'm too much of a conspiracy theorist to uh <laughs> to be paranoid about that but it's but that 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 i mean i don't mean to you know bad mouth it i thought it was pretty cool i liked it um and i guess they had a little bit of a glitch during the lighting of the torch which uh, nbc today is making a big deal out of we'll get into more of what nbc uh, did last night in a little bit but just some general thoughts about the Olympics. I mean, uh, you know, when I'm starting to watch that stuff today, and uh, it's, it's pretty inspiring. It's pretty inspiring. I've always uh, enjoyed the, the Winter Olympics more than the Summer Olympics, which is kind of funny because uh, I'm not a big fan of winter uh, weather. Uh, <laughs> but I do like the Winter Olympics. I don't know why. I think it's, I think it's very cool. Maybe because it's, it is a smaller type of deal. It is, a, it is uh, uh, not as huge and enormous and gratuitous like the summer games. Uh, but, you know, just in general, you know, just, just thinking about things. I mean, you, you have four years of train for this thing. It's like your whole life. Your whole life. You're training uh, even to get to that moment. And I was watching some ski jumping today. And you work your, your, most of your life, and you're on this hill, and you get two jumps, and that defines your whole career as an athlete, like the whole gold medal thing. I mean, that's just – how much pressure is that? That's crazy. That's, I mean, I don't know how some of these people do that. I mean, it's – I don't know. Uh, but it's very cool. I mean, uh, I, I'm going to be uh, I'm going to be getting into this. Uh, I've been watching. I have, in fact, I, I all, all I've been uh, I have it on the uh, TV now here at uh, Dr. Anonymous World Headquarters. I'm watching it right now. I've been watching some speed skating. Love the short track speed skating, especially when they crash. I don't know. Maybe it's a NASCAR thing. I don't know. Uh, but you know, the Olympic spirit. I like it. I enjoy it. It's cool. There's so many stories with all these athletes here. Uh, some of them are great stories, some of them are tragic stories, uh, and they all kind of come together here for two weeks, and uh, it's, it's, it's very cool. I like it. My, uh, the, my, my first real memories of it um, was uh, back in 94, uh, because that was my first year of medical school, and uh, the first year of medical school was just crazy. It's nuts. 
uh, you just want to get through the first semester without flunking out. And by February, everybody was like, wow, okay, we've almost made it. It's great. And, you know, in February, it was a nice break for two weeks to just watch sports, watch the Olympics. Uh, and, and some memories I have of that, I mean, because the, the uh, back, at, back then, uh, the Olympics uh, was just held. The Winter Olympics were just held in 92, two years beforehand. And this was, it was the first year that the Winter Olympics and the Summer Olympics were not in the same year. And everybody was like, well, this is going to be very strange. And back in 94, it was in Norway. It was in Lillehammer, Norway. And I remember that distinctly watching uh, at the medical school with my friends when we're just taking a break from studying and, and we're just losing our minds. Uh, it was a nice break. Uh, in the 94, that's, uh, that was the Tanya Harding and Nancy Kerrigan games. <laughs> with the whole, with the whole, uh, I don't know, Nancy Kerrigan being attacked, that whole thing. And I know she's in the news now, tragically, uh, with the death of her father. Uh, and I remember that, too, uh, in the, that those games. That was the first time I saw short track speed skating. And I was just like, this is very cool. I mean, it's these people that's spinning around here. Uh, and uh, shoving each other and, and cutting people off. I mean, it was, it's very cool. Uh, and the, the other thing I remember about that is uh, is uh, the, the Olympic uh, speed skater, Dan Jansen, who is uh, now in the visa ads. <laughs> if you go to the NBC Olympic site, he's also a commentator. Uh, and he, uh, he he won his gold medal there. And uh, I, I did some rereading on this guy, and uh, uh, I forgot the story of this guy. I mean, Dan Jansen, he was uh, the 88 Olympics. He was heavily favored in the uh, speed skating. And the morning of the event, he learned that his sister – who was his inspiration uh, growing up, she died of leukemia the day of his event. And he had two, I think two, I think one or two events that day. And for his events, he fell during his races. Very tragic, very sad. And four years later, he was favored again and he fell again. Um, and two years later, in 94, finally won his gold medal. That is the, uh, that's, the uh, that, that's the story of the Olympics. I mean, that's, that's very cool. It's very inspiring. Uh, and uh, it's very great. I mean, the, the last thing about the Olympics is that when the Olympics always come on, it always, it all, I mean, inspires me and probably inspires other people to try to get into some shape. I admit, I am not in the best shape of my life. But looking at these athletes here, uh, it has kind of motivated me to really start to try to uh, get in shape again. Uh, So the last thing I'll talk about here before moving on uh, is uh, this, this tragedy that happened yesterday. Um, and probably everybody's heard about it already. It's it's uh, it's this uh, this luge athlete from the former Soviet Republic of, uh, of Georgia, and uh, 
was killed during a training run yesterday, hours before the opening ceremonies. And uh, it's sad. It was very sad. But some of the debate today out there in the press has to do with NBC. And I even saw some of this uh, with some of my Facebook friends. They're saying, hey, you know, I had my kids up, you know, to talk about the Olympics, to talk about the opening ceremonies. And what NBC does is they led with this tragic death of this athlete. They're showing the video two and three times. And uh, what am I going to do? Well, how am I going to explain this to my kids? There was a story. I mean, there's been many stories about this, but the story I read today kind of analyzed the whole situation uh, and uh, that uh, they talked about it. Uh, and then they went, they started with the sports guys. They went to the news guy and they, uh, uh, they showed this video again and again and again. Uh, and I admit I wasn't up. You know, I was not awake. I didn't see it live. Uh, I'm just kind of getting the accounts of what was on the television, and uh, there's a lot of debate out there today about, you know, how they portrayed the situation. Could they have done a better chance, a better way of, of, of seeing it? And if you haven't seen it, it's, it's still up on the NBC Olympics website if you want to see it. If you want to see the video live, it's pretty eerie. I mean, it shows the whole thing. I mean, it shows from the start. You see the guy starting his luge run alive, and you it ends with him hitting the pole. I mean, it's crazy. It's nuts. Um, I have uh, some audio clips here from the Associated Press. Uh, this is uh, one uh, from the, uh, the site of the event uh, where they uh, do some uh, remembrance and observation of, uh, of the tragedy. Before the Olympic cauldron was lit at the opening ceremony, a flame was burning in the honor of a fallen loose slider from the country of Georgia. Olympic fans created a memorial under the Olympic rings in Whistler. And we just came uh, to this place doing to take a picture and saw first people putting candles, so we decided to buy two candles with my girlfriend and uh, put two more in memory of this guy. Despite the sad news and a rainy night, the Canadians transformed the village into a celebration. About 20 minutes into the live broadcast of opening ceremonies, the live outdoor screen here in Whistler went dead, sending the production crew scrambling to entertain thousands of people. The viewing party did resume in the village square, and in true Canadian spirit, the locals didn't let it ruin the festivities. And I think the best part of the evening is just the camaraderie and all the flags, and, and most importantly, all the red. It's pretty sweet. I mean, opening ceremonies I'm pretty happy with. Like, I'm hanging out with Whistler. We just had like a massive powder day, so it's a good way to end the day. It has not been a perfect start to the Olympics. The games are now underway, and the host Canadians are determined to let their bright smiles and spirits lead to glorious memories of sport. Mark Carlson, the Associated Press, Whistler, British Columbia. And J-Man uh, put up uh, in the in the chat room there that the uh, New York Times uh, has kind of a uh, moment-by-moment breakdown 
uh, of the events, uh, and I'll put the I'll put the link up here in the chat room here in a little bit. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I mean, you look at this uh, New York Times site, uh, this page, and it <laughs> it uh, it uh, it breaks down the last I don't know ten or fifteen seconds of. Uh, of this, uh, and they have all the pictures in here, uh, and it's it's it's, I mean, it's tragic. It's sad. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know what else to say about it. I mean, it's uh, it's. I mean, it happens in sports, unfortunately. Um, you know, not often, thankfully, uh, but uh, we'll have to see how the athletes. Uh, uh, respond to this. Uh, I thought the opening ceremonies were, were very nice. The uh, the delegation from uh, the Republic of Georgia had uh, some armbands on and also on the flag. So uh, so I won't dwell on this uh, anymore. Uh, I will. I do have one more story in this segment before going to the break, uh, and it has to do with the uh, the snowstorm that is continuing to occur here in the eastern United States, midwestern United States. I think one of the good things is that it has shut down Washington, D.C. over the past week or so. <laughs> so the federal government has been uh, uh, shut down. So uh, <laughs> I don't know. I think that's a good thing. <laughs> but the last story here before we go to the break it has to come from Ohio. And uh, somebody in the uh, Cleveland area has uh, made a igloo the with all of the snow and ice, and he even put a TV in there. <laughs> kind of funny. Here's the story here from the Associated Press. Watch your head. Watch your head. Okay. Ah, the living room. The living room here. This, this room here is about seven foot by nine foot wide. Welcome to Jim Gray's home away from home. Actually, it's in his parents' front yard, a giant igloo that began with a mound of snow from a New Year's Day storm that needed to be cleared. And I kept on building it out further and further and kept on going with it. And before you knew it, it was 25 by 25 by 7 foot tall. This frozen man cave comes complete with a stereo system, a strobe light for dancing, and cable TV. Well, when he took my cable wire from the garage and he said he was going to put his TV in there, I was a little bit surprised. It's pretty sweet. It's just really cool seeing a little pile of snow going to a full-size igloo that you can stand up in. Jim isn't done with construction just yet. He's digging out a guest bedroom just in case he gets company. Ed Donahue, the Associated Press. So the best quote out of that was, uh, I knew something was wrong when he took my cable <laughs> from the garage. <laughs> That's right, only in Ohio. I'll take credit for that one. <laughs> uh, I will take my break here, and uh, we'll be talking about Valentine's Day. That's right, it's coming up tomorrow. Uh, and I have some uh, amusing news stories here, so we will uh, pick up the pace here a little bit. You're listening to the Dr. Anonymous Show live on the Blog Talk Radio Network, and we'll be right back.
Yes, that's right. Welcome back to the Dr. Anonymous show. <laughs> Speaking of getting it on, you probably heard this week, uh, former President Clinton had a little bit of a heart surgery type of thing going on. Uh, really, I'm not kidding. Uh, I guess he's had a little bit of discomfort, called his doctor, said, hey, go to the hospital. <laughs> we got him in there and uh, got a stent in his heart to keep the heart open there, went home, I believe, the next day, and everything is fine. <laughs> I do have some comments here from a random cardiologist who happened to be talking to the Associated Press, about something about President Clinton's procedure. The president had two stents inserted into one of his coronary arteries. Stents are small, flexible metal scaffolding devices that are put in to open up a clogged coronary artery. The process of the arteries clogging, atherosclerosis is the medical uh, term, tends to be progressive. We think good medical treatments like treating blood pressure well, treating cholesterol well, of course stopping cigarette smoking, it certainly slows the progression and sometimes the atherosclerosis can even get better, but it's not at all unusual that there'll be a further uh, problem from uh, the atherosclerosis uh, progressing or even from one of the atherosclerotic plaques rupturing so that you go very suddenly from having a 20 or 30 percent blockage to a 90 percent blockage or even a total blockage. When the stent is put in, the patient feels fine afterward. There were no big incisions. There's a needle stick at the level of the groin, so you have to be a little careful moving your leg, but people feel fine after it, and the majority of patients, vast majority of patients who get a stent leave the hospital the next day. Assuming this was not a heart attack, that he got stents uh, for chest pain, not a heart attack, he could be traveling uh, within a few days or a week or so. Of course, we're going to ho certainly hope he'll take uh, good care of himself uh, to keep this from happening again. So here's a story here. Uh, it says, this is from uh, yesterday. Title is, No Cure, No Cure for Heart Disease, Clinton's Case Shows. Bill Clinton has a new lease on life, but there's no cure for the heart disease that has twice forced former president to get his blocked arteries fixed. Treatments like quadruple, that's four, quadruple, Bypass surgery Clinton had in 2004 or 2004 had about a decade, uh, less about a decade on average than the blood vessels used to create detours around the clogged artery start to get blocked too. One such blockage sent Clinton to the hospital on Thursday. Instead of fixing it, doctors reopened the original clogged artery and placed two mesh props called stents to keep it open. It's uh, something he's likely to need again, hard experts say. We see uh, people who come in like this uh, every four or five years. Essentially, it's a tune-up, said Dr. Cam Patterson, cardiology chief at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. Surprisingly, this doesn't shorten someone's lifespan or gives them a bad prognosis, they said. Uh, one of the doctors said, I've done 10 or 15 in a single patient over a period of time, and they still live long lives uh, as long as they don't have a heart attack and suffer damage. Uh, 
Uh, and I can uh, I can attest to that too. I mean, I'm not a cardiologist, but I play one on the radio. <laughs> um, I've had patients uh, every so often. You know, they uh, they need to get another stent, another opening, uh, despite what they have done. You know, a lot of them have really become more healthy as far as improving their diet, more exercise, taking their medicines as prescribed. But still, for some reason, they get clogged up every few years, may not need full-blown um, heart surgery, bypass surgery, but uh, they need stent surgery so often. So, so yeah, I can definitely attest to this. Uh, everybody's making jokes, you know, back in the 90s, especially that famous Saturday Night Live a skit with Phil Hartman where uh, he's, he's pretending like he's Bill Clinton walk, you know, jogging uh, around all the McDonald's. Everybody remembers that. That's kind of funny. <laughs> uh, but here are some comments uh, from uh, former President Clinton himself. This is how Bubba has been I worked about uh, three hours this afternoon on Haiti. We've got a lot of uh, challenges there. We've still got a, we've got too many people living in close quarters with you know, water building up with too much risk of waterborne illnesses and stuff like that. So I worked on that. But I feel great, and the doctors and the hospital crew did a great job. And I, as I said, I even did a little, did a couple miles on the treadmill today, so I feel good. Did they tell you to take a day off or so? No, they said they told me not to lift anything that weighs over 10 pounds for a week, not to jog, but to walk, but not to walk fast up steep hills for a week until the, the uh, opening where they did the surgery in my leg heals. But they said that I should go back. And, I, you know, it's a miraculous thing. You can feel the energy coming back right away when there's all the, the arteries are pumping to the heart, you know. So it, it made a big difference. Was it scary when the last time you had seen your cardiologist before this? And were there any signs that obviously it's a relatively common complication? Yeah, no, I tell you what, I... Uh, I was uh, quite tired over Christmas and afterward, but uh, from the time of the Haiti earthquake, which was a month ago today, I've been working a lot without sleeping much. You know, I've been down there a couple of times, but I've been working all over the country on it and trying to, I went to Switzerland to get some more business support there and had three overnight flights in a week, which is pretty tough. Uh, so. I, I didn't really notice it until about four days ago, and then I felt just a little bit of tingling, not pain, no grabbing in my chest, and I thought I ought to check it out. And it is a fairly typical thing. As you know, Larry King had the same thing done about a month ago and didn't even say anything to anybody. It's miraculous what they do with the stents. You just go in and go out, and I didn't uh, take any sedatives or anything, so I was alert. I wanted to watch it. I got to watch it all on the monitor. Did they go through your growing? Yeah. Thank you. Uh, having been through what you went through with the surgery, the, the quadruple bypass surgery, was it a little scary when it was going on, when you, when you were feeling the discomfort? No, uh, because I, they know what they're doing, and I felt that it was just a kind of a repair job. And I knew when I did it that when you transplant the veins that, you know, sometimes they don't hold up very long. And the best news about it was that because of the medicine and the other things I've done, in the last five years, the diet, the exercise, I'd, the rest of my heart was exactly as it was five years ago. And all my, you know, the arteries and everything just as clear. So I actually am doing very well. I feel very blessed. I was fortunate that I, you know, kind of had a feeling about it. <laughs> so, so there's Bill. I hope he's feeling better. 
No, really, I do. <laughs> and my only request for the evening is I hope at the top of the hour, the Annenborough Live Show, I'm hoping <laughs> if not Bill will show up, at least the borough will give us a nice little impression of Bill, especially following his surgery this week. Just a, just, just a suggestion. I'll take another break here. I have some stories about uh, Valentine's Day coming up, and we'll see how how long my voice holds out. I may not go the full half hour here. That's what she said. You're listening to the Dr. Anonymous Show live on the Block Talk Radio Network. We will be right back. Welcome back to the Dr. Anonymous Show, live on Blog Talk Radio. The number here is 646-716-9514 if you'd like to check in here. So the first story I have here uh, has to do with chocolate. Of course it has to do with chocolate. You probably heard this on the news today, maybe. This is from USA Today. The title is, Analysis, Chocolate May Reduce Stroke Risk. Just in time for Valentine's Day, research out this week suggests that eating chocolates may have a positive impact on stroke. Don't go buying too many heart boxes just yet, though, says the study authors. A new analysis, uh, which involved a review of three prior studies, suggests eating about a bar of chocolate a week can help out the risk of stroke and lower the risk of death after a stroke, but the evidence is still limited, says study author, neurologist Gustavo Samposnik at St. Michael's Hospital, University of Toronto. There's something that requires further investigation. Yeah, sign me up for that one, kids. <laughs> one study looked at, they found that four, uh, 44,489 people who ate one serving of chocolate per week were 22% less likely to have a stroke than people who ate no chocolate. Another study found that 1,169 people who ate 50 grams of chocolate once a week were 46% less likely to die following a stroke than people who did not eat chocolate. The research appears in this week's Neurology and will be presented at the American Academy of Neurology's 62nd annual meeting in Toronto in April. That uh, story, <laughs> that study was sponsored by Hershey's Kisses. <laughs> Did you hear about the uh, Minnesota farmer? This is from the Associated Press from... February 12th, Al from Albert Lee, Minnesota. Nothing says I love you like half a half mile wide heart made out of manure. I'm not making this up. A southern Minnesota man created the Valentine's Day gift for his wife of 37 years in their farm field about 12 miles southwest of Albert Lee. 
Bruce Anderland told the Alberta Lee Tribune that he started the project with his tractor and manure spreader Wednesday and finished Thursday. His wife, Beth, said it's the biggest and most original valentine she has ever received. She said some people might think it's gross, but she says it's cute and, quote, why not do something fun with what you got, unquote. She said the heart would be darker except for the recent heavy snowfall that mixed with the manure. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, great. Yeah, good stuff. Dateline London. This is from Reuters from 12 February because they say the date backwards over there. Hundreds of British men are risking a Valentine's Day anti-climax for their partners by stocking up on anatomy-boosting underpants ahead of the most romantic weekend of the year. British department store group uh, Debenhams said Thursday it has seen a 76% surge. I'm just reading that a 76% surge in online sales of the 18 pounds a pair underwear, $28 underwear in the past week. The pants work by using a lift and hold feature at the front like a male version of the cleavage boosting wonder bra. The briefs mean that no man ever needs to feel inadequate again on the most passionate day of the social calendar, said Rob Fauscherland, head head of the men's accessories buying at the Downham store. However, we can't be held responsible for what happens once the pants come off. That's right, junk boosters. <laughs> Staying in London, this is also from Reuters from 12 February. A British airport is entering into the Valentine spirit by offering private pre-flight searches for those planning to surprise their partners on holiday with an engagement ring. Manchester, which earlier this month became one of Two British airports to introduce body scanners said in previous years, marriage proposals had risked being ruined when security staff revealed hidden engagement rings during routine searches. Passengers traveling between February 12 and February 15 can whisper, quote, be my valentine, unquote, to security staff, to take advantage of a private search behind the screen, the airport said. You know, I say be my valentine to a security uh, worker uh, in Las Vegas once. That ended up in a different type of situation, just saying. Getting back to the story, our security staff are more than happy for passengers to use the secret phrase, especially if it avoids ruining a romantic proposal they had planned said the airport's director of customer services and security. 
Uh, let's see here. I have a couple more stories here, then I'll be closing it up here for the night. This is from Iowa, Cedar Rapids, from the Associated Press, February 11. A Cedar Rapids woman was accused of arranging her daughter's effort at prostitution. Mary J. Doolin was arrested Wednesday in connection with a September 29 incident in Coralville. Police said Doolin sent her daughter to meet an undercover officer who had contacted her during a prostitution investigation. According to police, Doolin's daughter, 37-year-old Brenda Voschel, was later charged with pandering. (laughs) Police said Doolin admitted to running a prostitution ring for a number of years and had prior convictions for pimping and prostitution. Doolin was being held Thursday in the Johnson County Jail in lieu of $10,000 bond. Uh, In a related story, she was also uh, seen on the uh, Chris Hansen show (laughs) with the the Catch a Predator series on MSNBC. No, I'm just kidding about that. (laughs) Oh, man. And the final story here. From Reuters, from 12 February, the title is, Is This the World's Most Romantic Word? Amour, the French word for love, has been voted the most romantic word in the world in a pre-Valentine's Day survey of language experts. It merrily beat amour, the Italian word for love, although Italian was... uh, named as the world's most romantic language. The tiny words also dominated the top places in the list of most romantic words. Bellissima. I can't believe I said that. That's a ringtone. Which is both Italian and Spanish for very beautiful, was uh, voted the third most romantic word. Uh, while, uh, I can't say that. I'm not saying that. I'm skipping that. The survey was conducted by London-based Today. Translations was polled over 320 of its linguists. After Italian, they found the second most romantic language was French, which was way ahead of Spanish and English in joint third place. In the same poll, the firm asked its linguist to pick the least romantic-sounding way to say I love you in any language. The winner was Japan, which I'm not even going to try to say... Uh, forget it. I don't think so. (laughs) So that is your Valentine's Day update. (laughs) Uh, Before I close the show here this evening, I do want to give some shout-outs here. I do want to give a shout-out to my good friend uh, Drew M. Griffin, our guest for show 145. And he wrote a very nice post uh, over on his blog, uh, drewmgriffin.com, about his experience on the Dr. Anonymous show, uh, show number 145. So I very much appreciate that. At the top of the hour here, the flagship show here on Wall Talk Radio on Saturday night, the Annie and Burl live show will be coming here at the top of the hour. They will be talking more about Valentine's Day and basically whatever Annie wants to talk about. And coming up at midnight Eastern time, 9 p.m. Pacific, is the Auto Box Show. 
They have their musical guests returning from last week from uh, Riverside, California, one of the most drunkest cities in America. <laughs> uh, and I am back on Thursday, February 18th. We have some great guests coming on. Uh, they have, there's a show here on Block Talk Radio called the Firefighter Metcast. And a couple of firefighters here, they, they also are EMTs, I believe. Uh, and uh, they're going to be coming on to uh, talk about their Block Talk Radio show. And uh, that'll be Thursday, February 18th at 9 p.m. Uh, Eastern time. So uh, be very excited about that. And uh, that's all I have for you here this evening. Uh, my voice did hold up for the entire show. <laughs> so thank you for tolerating this uh, here this evening. Uh, I invite you to check out the award-winning blog, the Dr. Anonymous blog at Dr. Anonymous. Dot com. You can also go to dranonymous.net and become a Facebook fan of the page. Uh, and uh, also go to dranonymous.org, which takes you to my iTunes page. And that's all I have for you this evening. Closing up the show here tonight, getting you ready for the top of the hour, the Annie and Burrow Live Show. Uh, you can't have, you can't have uh, a Valentine's Day without Barry White. Here he is. Good night, everybody. I've heard people say that too much of anything is not good for you, baby. But I don't know about that. There's many times that we've loved and we've shared love and made love. It doesn't seem to me like it's enough. It's just not enough, baby. Cause you're blowing my mind 
Then, Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now, Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. 